Hey, Bankless Nation, happy first week of November. David, what time is it? Oh, it's a Friday weekly roll-up time because, like always, it's always a crazy week in crypto. And so we are going to roll that week up in the Friday Bankless weekly roll-up. David, you're on the road right now. You're in New York City, NFT NYC. That's a NFT conference. How's that going, man? What's the vibe been like? Uh, I actually don't know because I never <laughs> went to a single NFT uh, conference event. I've only been going to the peripheral satellite events, and those have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll talk a lot about a lot more at the end, but uh, yeah, I listened to the famous Wu Tang album that got bought, bought by Pleaser Dow. Oh my god, uh, man! How was it at this? Uh, it, uh, I mean, I wasn't. I'm not really the biggest Wu Tang fan. Okay. Uh, the first song pretty good. Next two songs, whatever. Did Wu Tang people song, like it? The Wu-Tang people really liked it. And then okay. like, there was like the fourth song that had this great like trumpet riff. And the whole entire room was just like five into that song. Started is this, their by the way, is this playing off the same? Like this is a CD, right? It's a compact yeah, disc. Yeah, so it's literally. a CD, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's so, like what happens if that thing gets scratched? Okay, like, so it is scratched because God. Martin f- freaking Screlly used it as a coaster. He what? used the CD as a coaster, so he scratched the shit out of the face. Sorry for swearing. Uh, yeah, dude. It's, uh, Why it's would ridiculous. he do that? Because he's an, that's his brand. He's, Cartoon he's a villain. villain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, it's, it's literally just a, a, the perfect level of a villain. So it has some, like, yeah. uh, I guess some scratches mm-hmm. in it. Does, uh, the, right. does the track skip? Try to re- no, remember no, what it sounded, CDs sounded do. Anyway. It sounded great. Yeah, oh, no, awesome. like, and the the acoustics in the room were phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Overall, it's been it's been a great week. Seeing seeing a lot of people, like like always at all conferences that I I only see online, but got to see them in uh, in real life. Uh, met Cami Russo in in person, so that was great. Chatted with her for a while. Uh, yeah, always always a good time at the crypto conferences. Are people feeling like um, bullish on NFTs still? Is like I, I mean, it's been a phenomenal year. It's got to be feeling bullish, right? But what's the vibe? People like? were people were like oh guys is this the top remember in 2018 <laughs> coin desk where we had the lambos outside of the conference like, there, feel like, there's, like there's like toppy conversations going on but there have been toppy conversations going on in crypto for there like i don't know a year now conversations in like for nft specifically like march or april remember mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know people right. felt like and then there was mm-hmm. kind of a lull and then it came back even stronger i don't know what's your personal take on this yeah, apparently at the conferences there are a lot of people like pitching terrible NFT ideas. Yeah, uh, so I, I heard some some uh, person was trying to pitch somebody else about um, su- uh, supporting uh, Afghan women oppressed by the Taliban using the Stellar Network. Like, when's the last time you heard about the Stellar Network, Ryan? Like, oh, like things yeah, like this just doesn't stuff. make any sense. Yeah, that always uh, happens. Yeah, so there are some weird shenanigans going around. Apparently, that was closer to the actual NFT conferences, not the not the satellite events. So I didn't. I I didn't get the the full face of that but there was a, a number of like parties like uh the the audience party i was at and, and a few other of the like related nft events i didn't re- recognize a single person it was extreme and like th- that was a common through line of all the friends that i've known in, in crypto for the last few years different a crowd. lot of us completely different crowd like wow. brand new brand new people and we have a take to talk about later yeah we do have show, a take like, your, brand, yeah. new, brand new people that are new just crowd. no one is familiar with like new getting cohort. into into the world for the first time yeah I, I feel like that's especially true of nfts anyway guys we have a yes. fantastic show for you today on the roll-up we're talking about a few things first of all facebook with the name change pulling a prince mm-hmm. on us actually not changing mm-hmm. their name to a symbol <laughs> but uh <laughs> facebook becomes meta 
What's up with that? Mm -hmm. A pivot into the metaverse. Also, some airdrops coming your ways. If you are a .eth, have a .eth domain, Mm -hmm. ENS, we're going to talk about that. Also, there was a CryptoPunk that sold for $500 million. Not mine, sadly. Half a million? (laughs) That wasn't yours? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. David would sell his crypto puck. I was you know, going to ask that, but we talked about that a few roll-ups mm-hmm. ago. You would sell for $500 million. I would assured. sell for $500 million. Okay. Yes, I would. And, yes. uh, Let it be known. If there's any takers out there. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's with the mm-hmm. McRib NFT. That doesn't yep. feel toppy mm-hmm. at all, does it? Quentin no, Tarantino not, not as well. We mentioned that. The Matrix releasing NFTs as well. And Reddit with the biggest Web3 pivot ever. We're going to cover all of that in more on the weekly rollups. As you know, this comes at you every Friday morning. We try to pack as much of the week in crypto into your mind as possible. David, before we get into the main show, got to talk about a couple of things. The first is this permissionless conference tickets. Okay, this is a big DeFi metaverse conference that we are putting on next year with our friends at Blockworks. The website's just been updated. The tickets are now released. There might not be any left. I gotta, I gotta warn you. So. Tickets were released maybe a little earlier this week, and I'm not sure if they're going to be left by the time you listen to this. Uh, Every two weeks... They get get released every two weeks. Batch release. There's always a new cycle, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. batch release. So if you didn't get them this time, uh, get them next time. But the the thing is, they increase in price every single two weeks. So you want to get them early if if you can. I think the price now is $418. When we started, the price was $15. $15.59. You might recognize those digits. Mm -hmm. $15.59. But now it's $418. Okay, this is just going to keep going up. If you are a Bankless subscriber, of course, a premium member, you get a discount on this, a 30% discount. What's the value of that? It's a hundred mm-hmm. and something dollars, hundred and It whatever. also keeps on going up. Keeps on going up go as up. well. So <laughs> make sure you catch that. Um, the, the speakers are going to be hot. The tracks are amazing. David and I mm-hmm. are helping to plan all of this. So uh, check out that conference. Also, another thing to check out, is the Dharma Wallet. David, you want to tell them about Dharma Wallet? Yeah, Dharma Wallet is the easiest way to get you and your friends into the world of crypto, into the world of DeFi. Uh, if you guys have gotten into crypto without Dharma, you probably went the route of sending your money to Coinbase or Gemini, which takes a while, takes like seven days. Then you have to buy Ether, send that to your to your MetaMask or your Ledger. And then if you want to go on to Polygon, you got to send it to uh, make an L1 transaction to Polygon. Then you need to get gas on the Polygon network. That's a whole mess. And then you have ah, to prove uh, it's, the it's old all days. Mess. The old days, but no longer for because the Dharma wallet will do all of this for you in just two to three minutes. You can connect you with your actual bank account with Plaid, which again, is just like logging into your bank account and then you can send money into the Polygon network. Uh, it's a smart contract wallet and it's connected into Polygon and they have a ton of cool features. So it is the fastest portal to get fiat money into the world of crypto where it belongs. No so gas download fees. Dharma. No, no gas fees. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and I believe that if you sign up with the link in the show notes, uh, you'll get airdropped $50 worth of Ether on the Polygon network to get your life on an L2 started. So go check that out. Yeah, you got to make a purchase. But if you make a purchase above $500, you get $50 in free ETH mm. on Polygon. So check that out using the link in the show notes. All right, David, you ready to get to it, man? Yeah, let's Market do it. time. Market time. Let's talk Bitcoin. What are we doing? Bitcoin had a flat-ish week, up a little bit, up a little bit. Started the week at $60,000, which was the low, hit a high of $64,000 and currently at $62,000. So up roughly 4 or 5% on the week. Good job, Bitcoin. 4 or 5%, not too bad. But ETH, Love another it. story, all-time high yeah. week for ETH. A few mm-hmm. all-time highs were hit this week. I feel like celebrating every single one of them. Where mm-hmm. are we right now and what was all-time high, David? 
Yeah, ETH started at $4,200. The new all-time high of $4,675 was hit a little bit more uh, more than 24 hours ago, but roughly 36 hours ago at the time of recording. We are currently clocking in at $4,485. Next milestone is so, 5K, I feel like. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, that, mm-hmm. that that's coming right up. But are we up? How much are we up on the week? We are up uh, 15% on the week. It looks like we dipped a little bit before I wrote that number down. So maybe about like 13 or 14%. Why? Do you think this is like the Facebook meta news? Not to front run that. We're going to talk about that in news a little bit. But do you think there's a metaverse story connected here? Or do you think this is just uh, the market kind of catching up to what ETH should be? Uh, there are so many stories about what ETH should be. There's NFTs. There's the metaverse. Metaverse. There's there's DeFi. There's scaling. There's the merge. Ultra scalable Ethereum. Like people are, are getting that wrapped their heads wrapped around that. And there's so many stories to tell you to tell why this number is going up. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of stories means a lot of reasons for a number to go up. I still think it's low. To be honest, I still oh, yeah. think it's, the price yeah. of ETH is undervalued even at these prices. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you guys know that if you've been hanging out with Bankless for any time soon, we are ultra bullish on this asset. <laughs> the listeners are like, we know, guys. <laughs> it's like, shut up already, okay? <laughs> we know. We already have our bags mm-hmm. packed. All right. Uh, ETH Bitcoin ratio. What that? What is that looking like, David? Yeah, again, three green weeks in a row for the ETH Bitcoin ratio, clocking in at 0. 0.0734. Uh, and so ever since the Bitcoin ETF, the Bitcoin Ether ratio has done really, really well. Uh, and again, the has has not spent very, very little time higher than this, especially in the last six months, but also definitely ever. Uh, wow, so, David, are we getting yeah. close to, we're getting close to like the two year, three year right. maybe, yeah, all right. time high yeah, for the ratio. Exactly, yeah. So that's, a lot of, a lot of people i know uh, i know anthony Cesano pays attention to this ratio a lot and like i know he's like he's like waiting for that, that to break through he's frothing uh, at the mouth <laughs> yeah he's like he's like just don't tweet don't tweet don't tweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is one to uh continue watching but like this is also an indicator i, I would say of the um continued crypto bull run right if this ratio yes. is gaining steam yes. then it means mm-hmm. bull run in full effect um, this is another bull run indicator, but dude, wait, this number is way down today. Total locked yeah. value in I'm gonna DeFi. I'm going to go with it. That's a bug broken on graph. the DeFi Pulse page. Yeah, this yeah. should not I'm happen. I'm going to go with a broken <laughs> graph. Oh, you know, actually, you know what that was? Uh, go down to Aave. That might have been a lot of people withdrawing from Aave. No way. Uh, yeah, because they're Aave's number two Let's now. Uh, Aave had that bug exploit, which got fixed, so nothing bad happened. But a lot of people pulled funds well, look out at of this. Aave. This happened from November 3rd to, to the 4th, right? And yeah. we, we went down $105 billion to $87 billion, for those of you who can't see on the screen. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down. with that's a that's a bug. Does on feel like a bug. Page. But uh, like a bug. so let's call it. We're still above. I think we're still above 100 billion. Let's say that. <laughs> that means we can make up these numbers, so. right? <laughs> <laughs> we want it to be over 100 billion, so therefore mm-hmm. it is this what, week. How do you feel like it should be, Ryan? <laughs> mm, I feel like this should be a trillion, to be honest. But you know, I'm gonna be conservative <laughs> on today's episode. We'll, we'll wait. We'll bide our time. How about the uh, mm-hmm. DeFi Pulse Index? This is an index of the top DeFi tokens, the blue chips, as it mm-hmm. were, up or down on the week? Up, up, up on the week. Finally, the DPI had a great week this week, up 9% on the week. Started the week at $330, ended the week at roughly $375. Signs of life, David. Are you liking yeah. that? Some signs of life here. 
Uh, how, yeah, how about this? Is, like, <laughs> Ether has way more signs of life than DPI. <laughs> so continue. we're still going down on the DPI to ETH ratio, huh? Yeah, this has yeah. Been a sad story. Uh, I mean, it, it put it put a little bit of a bottom again, yeah. not a bottom bottom, but like hit point zero seven eight, uh, climbed up to point zero eight five. But again, it is a nice linear slope down. But just remember, folks, David reminded us last time, if you swap out those DeFi tokens for another mm-hmm. set of DeFi tokens and retrofit uh-huh. the data, then David yeah. was still right about this I, ratio. Yep, that's exactly right. Never, <laughs> that's David's never sh- wrong. That, that never should be ever. the takeaway here. <laughs> uh, not DeFi season yet, or at least it's more ETH season than it is DeFi season. So mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that remains the case, this ratio continues to uh, drop a little bit. But let's talk mm-hmm. about the best of all worlds, which is the BED index, Bankless BED index. That is Bitcoin, ETH, and the DPI all inside one token. That's a third, a third, a third. What are we looking at on the week? Yeah, BED had a good week because it is the best uh, index in all of DeFi. Started the week at $172, hit a new high of $192, currently clocking in at $181 overall up. Uh, how much percent on the week? Uh, I don't know. Five percent. Five percent. Call that five percent. So, guys, yep. of course, you know you can get into bed, get with this index. It's a simple purchase. Go to the indexcoop.com website slash bed and uh, purchase that. It's actually up 60 percent over the 90 days in terms of or close mm-hmm. to 60 percent uh, in terms of, um, you know, the 90 day increase mm-hmm. in this index. So it's starting to get closer to being sort of a staple type index of the crypto markets, which is awesome to see. All right, let's look at layer two beat as well. This tracks how much value is locked inside of true layer twos. Those are chains that are backed by the economic security guarantees of the Ethereum network. David, just added a cool $1 billion in the past week from last week to this week, getting close to $5 billion. Pretty crazy. Clocking in at $4.93 billion, up 21% on the week. Arbitrum, up 20% in total value locked in layer twos. Optimism clocking in at plus 85% on the week, almost doubling the value locked in Optimism. A lot of cool things are happening on Optimism. Optimism breaking through that $500 million level. So congratulations to the team. Also, Loopering. Clocking in at a doubling in ninety eight percent off yeah. of I think speculation because something to do with a, a GameStop and Loopring integration. Ooh, um, they did yeah. make some key hires of right, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's interesting. That's... And also, my, again, my one equity uh, in, that I don't that my the one thing that I own that's not crypto GME stocks doing very, very <laughs> well. By the way, <laughs> it's all related, isn't it? It's all it all comes back to crypto. What's cool about mm-hmm. this, I think, is particularly with Arbitrum and Optimism, we're seeing this growth without a token incentive, right? So mm-hmm. we're seeing so many other layer one uh, communities, so different layer ones, not Ethereum, giving away like millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in token incentives mm-hmm. to come yield farm uh, on their um, on their chains. All right? And yeah. Optimism and Arbitrum are not doing this and they're still getting like massive growth uh, week right. over week. So that's good to see. Wait till they dial up the tokens if they ever do. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Um, Also, ultrasound money. ETH is becoming ultrasound money. It just passed a big milestone. What is that, David? 
Three quarters of one million ether has been burned as of this week. 761,000 ether. That's more ether than I have. Closing, <laughs> closing in on the one million ether mark. A little bit more, huh? Just a little, a little bit. bit more. <laughs> just past, just past uh, David's bags here. Um, this is cool, too. I, I wanted to actually correct this because I think I said that last week, I think I said that um, ETH had 10x the transaction fees over the past seven days of Bitcoin. And I was actually wrong. And someone reminded me of this. Um, Ethereum actually had 100x the transaction fee revenue of Bitcoin mm -hmm. over a seven day period of time. So I was like, you know, 10x off on that number. I knew it was a lot bigger. But um, <clears throat> over, over the last seven days, look, man, Ethereum had 50 almost 50 million dollars worth of transaction fee revenue and back to what we said mm -hmm. last week what do blockchains do blockchains sell blocks this is their That's transaction fee revenue and uh, i guess a year ago two years ago um it was like a fight between bitcoin and eth like every mm -hmm. day it's like who, who's kind of going to have more transaction fee revenue here's bitcoin a very distant um number on this chart uh not even not even a million dollars in transaction fee revenue over the past uh, seven days. So it's super interesting to see, right? The thesis for Ethereum has always been you make black block space more valuable, then the asset becomes more valuable. And of course, EIP-1559 kicked that into, into high gear so that there's this immediate feedback loop. But it's it seems to be the case that this is happening. Um, revenue numbers going up for Ethereum block space. Any other takes on this, David? Yeah, there is a direct connection between the amount of fees your blockchain collects and the soundness of the money. And if you uh, have not yet learned how to articulate that uh, association, there's a ton of stuff to go and read on the Bankless Newsletter. Letter, uh, ultra scalable Ethereum, ultrasound money with Justin Drake, tons of things. So make sure you understand the relationship between block space demand and soundness of the money. It's a really important concept. The only one that's close is this Binance Smart Chain. And like, I don't even know watch what trading, they do with their trading. numbers. Watch trading. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about this too. Last week was actually the first week that Ethereum actually mm -hmm. had negative issuance david and we've seen mm -hmm. some milestones on this ultrasound money thing in the past in fact like mm -hmm. the first day i remember a uh, an individual block maybe it was mm -hmm. the first day or the first two days after eip 1559 an individual block that had negative issuance i remember being really excited to yep. see that like it's happening but now we're mm -hmm. hitting all of these milestones uh talk about this for a minute yeah, yeah. I think it was like a, just a couple hours after EIP one five five nine. Everyone was scraping the block ether scan, trying to find the first ultrasound block. Yeah, so that's right. That's right. Took, it took people a couple hours, and then I think just a couple weeks later, we had our first ultrasound day, where the full. Oh no, we had uh, just a couple. Yeah, a couple weeks later, we had our first ultrasound hour, where every uh, all the blocks over the hour had were ultrasound. They were burning collectively more ether than was being issued. Couple weeks after that, we had our first ultrasound day. Twenty-four hours of uh, more ether being burned than was being issued. We have now hit our first week of total issuance going down rather than up due, due, due to ether burn. And so, at some point, we're going to be repeating this, but it's going to be a month. And then, at some point, it'll just be every month moving forward into the future. Uh, Ryan, 
are we seeing the current limit of the ether supply right now? Like that could that could be happening as of this week. The total yeah. supply of ether capped out. That is a possibility. That's true. I mean, uh, Justin Drake, when he put some numbers on this, predicted this in April. He's he he mm -hmm. thought that ether supply would never get above 120 million. And I don't know mm -hmm. what the total supply looks like, but but you're I'm right. Looking We're looking at it right now. The total supply is 118.2 million. Oof. So over man, under on, if... do we ever hit 120 million? What do you think? Oh, under. under yeah, I definitely under, uh, under for yeah. sure because g g this isn't even getting started yet. Okay, mm -hmm. once the merch happens, mm -hmm. so like we're maybe oh, six over. months away for that. Over. It's yeah. over. It's uh -huh. done. It's yep. gone. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, a reduction of four percent. This is an immediate reduction of four percent annualized issuance. So mm -hmm. we're going to be ultrasound month every single month right. every year. Wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if we start to get ultrasound decades david <laughs> under our belts with this i mean we'll see what well, this as looks soon like as, as soon as we hit the merge it's just ultrasound now and for forever right? yeah so it's just it's just a race to get to the merge unless the you is, like, think block space ethereum block space is going to drastically decrease in demand is there any world where that happens i i don't think so and there's a there's a take that we have later to talk about what happens when you increase the block space available people just use more of it yeah uh and so like even with sharding we're, we're going to increase the amount of block space available people are just going to use more they're going to transact more and that's the thing um, it's not even going to be humans it's going to be other chains that are actually totally. using this block space and being secured by it absolutely there's uh there's no coincidence that we are breaking all-time highs uh, this week, and that this is all-time high week, and then also ETH burn uh, ultrasound week as well. Like that is not as a coincidence. Like yeah. bull markets bring in fees, yep. and so like really, this is a game of are like are we in all-time high season, right? Like are we in bull market season? Are we out of the crab season, and we're just going to keep on yeeting into new all-time highs? If that's true, then we might actually be in ultrasound territory now and for forever. If that bull market can carry us into the merge. Like that's, that's a possibility. Yeeting into all time highs, yeeting into the bull markets, what you we're like doing right now. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> top assets by market cap. This is all top assets by market cap. Every it doesn't have things world, like yeah. gold, but it has things that you can like use generally trade on exchanges. So number one, of course, actually not of course, I'm surprised to see this. The top mm -hmm. asset in the world worth $2.5 trillion with a T is Microsoft now. No longer mm -hmm. Apple, it's Microsoft actually. Then after that, it's Apple and Google, and uh, then some like oil and gas companies, Amazon, etc. Uh, all the way down to number seven is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is mm -hmm. the seventh largest asset in the world that you can buy on an exchange of this type. Right behind Tesla, yeah. Right mm -hmm. behind Tesla, well that's interesting. And then right ahead of Facebook. And then if you keep scrolling past Berkshire, past Nvidia, uh, Nvidia, uh, you get to Ethereum at number 13, mm -hmm. almost breaching into the top 10 assets in the world. That's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it, Ether is within striking distance. I think it's just like something like 12 or 15 more percent, which is just like, hey, that's just like one good week away from becoming a top 10 global asset. So you got to love that's this. It's going to be exciting to watch. You think Jamie Dimon's looking at this and being like, oh, I'm number 14 no. and Ethereum just passed me. Now it's it's over for uh, for JP Morgan. <laughs> it's like I was wrong about I, just, I was wrong yeah. about crypto. <laughs> I don't think he's saying that. Probably not, but maybe he should be. And along with the rest of the banks, even Visa's behind Ethereum at this point, which all makes sense because Ethereum is a network of networks. It is a global settlement layer. It is a monetary system. It is a money. It is not like all of these other things, aside maybe a little bit like Bitcoin. Uh, I think they'll continue rising in the charts. David, um, 
that's it for the markets. And we've got some hot releases coming up for mm -hmm. folks. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. It's almost $3 billion. This mountain of capital is looking for labor. Do you have something of value to contribute to the Uniswap DAO? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at unigrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. That's exactly what we did to get Uniswap to be a sponsor for Bankless, and you can do the same for your project. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Gemini just launched their Earn program, where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi, or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash gobankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash gobankless. All right, guys, we are back with the hot releases of the week. The first is this ENS, which is the Ethereum name service. You might have seen those .eths all over Twitter. You might have a .eth yourself that is registered to the ENS, Ethereum name service. Well, now ENS is issuing a token. They are doing an airdrop to all holders of .eth accounts. What's going on here, David? Yeah, yeah. So we need to. Um, when I was talking to Brantley even forever ago, he was always uh, saying like oh, we, uh, they would receive money from selling the ENS names. Lots of money, like right? That, lots of money, tons of money, and like they consider themselves like public goods, right? Not a private company. They don't want to be a private company that is just like operating what is a core function of the Ethereum system, which is .eth names. Uh, and so they've been sitting on all of this ether, not knowing what to do with it, not knowing how to structure like this company. And then the whole DAO revolution starts. And I think it's just very, very obvious that the .eth side of Ethereum becomes community <laughs> operated, community governed. 
And so you know, what's so fantastic about .eth names is that it's so easy to identify who has them. <laughs> like, and so they just airdropped uh, some, or they will be airdropping some ENS governance tokens to .eth holders. Uh, and so there are some different parameters as to how much you are getting. Uh, you are getting you are getting one if you own a .eth. You are getting double that if you actually linked that .eth name to an actually Ethereum address, then you are also getting a multiplier based on how long you've actually had that linked. Uh, and so if you have linked your ENS Ethereum address and you've done it for a long time, you might get some nice airdrops coming your way soon. Hell yeah, man. That means if you've mm -hmm. been listening to Bankless, when we started talking about ENS addresses back in 2019, and we mm -hmm. created tactics on how to actually register them, uh, and uh, set them up correctly, uh, then you will definitely get this airdrop, which is super exciting. Um, 137,000 accounts dot ETH holders, mm -hmm. which is great. One important note though, is they're not rewarding like squatters in this right. mechanism, right? right? So if you bought mm -hmm. like, I don't know, a hundred names right. and you're just sitting on them, you're not getting any amplifier for owning right. more dot ETH names. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So if you bought a hundred ENS names and you're just sitting on them, you're not then link them to your to your Ethereum address. You are just getting one shares worth of an airdrop, uh, and so it's it's unique addresses that linked their ENS name to their to their Ethereum wallet for amount of time. Uh, I think it's a great, great mechanism. Uh, there's a link in the show notes if you want to check out more details on that. Overall, 25% of the total airdrop will be given out to in um, to .eth holders. 25% will go to the ENS contributors, and then 50% to the DAO community treasury, which I, I really like that model. This is Kevin Awaki shared this model and, I, uh, and put this idea in my head where it's 50% for the past and then 50% for the future, right? So everyone who's worked on the project so far, so 25% to the airdrop, 25% to the team, uh, and then 50% to the community treasury, which goes and funds the future DAO, right? Actually, yeah. people that want to start the DAO. This is super cool. I think this is one of the ones I'm most excited about since probably Uniswap. Mm -hmm. And the reason is mm -hmm. because of such a large distribution. I mean, there's so many .eth holders, so many ENS users, and so this is getting mm -hmm. out there. But like in general, um, they kind of had to go down this path, right? Because they had a multi-sig, yeah. they had a treasury, mm -hmm. and they had a small mm -hmm. set of individuals who were really responsible for that multi-sig. I don't know, it was like seven to 10 right. members of the Ethereum community who had access to that multi-sig. And of course, you know, it requires uh, you know some majority of owners to sign off on transactions. But this turns that multi-sig over to the DAO, over to governance, mm -hmm. over to the users, mm -hmm. over to the community. It's a very Web3 concept. And uh, it's super cool to see. So we are actually having uh, Nick and Brantley from ENS on our State of the Nation on Tuesday. I think more details will come early next week on how you can pick up this airdrop. Of course, if you are a Bankless Premium member, we dropped the ultimate guide to airdrops last week. And if mm -hmm. you did, number, let's see. Um, number, number 20? Number 16. Oh, number 16. These number are 16. 25 hypothetical potential. We're not sure if they're going to airdrop, but you might want to check them out in case they do. Sort of opportunities. Number 16 was Ethereum name service. Had some folks ping uh, us early in the week and be like, oh my God, I'm glad I saw that. Registered a .eth domain, got started on it. Now I'm eligible for that airdrop. So Bankless Premium members get mm -hmm. that. We will include a link in the show notes so you can check that resource out. It's evergreen, 24 mm -hmm. more on this list, potentials. Uh, so and take a look at that. You can be damn sure that every time an airdrop happens, we will be reminding you <laughs> yes. that this airdrop I mean, I'm just exists. saying, it's just like, why not mm -hmm. go- Do your homework. 
Do your homework. Why not get free free airdrops, folks? Like, why not mm-hmm. just put in some effort? Crypto pays you to learn about crypto. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, take the extra step here. Anyway. Um, before before we move on, there yeah. are a couple more dynamics about the ENS uh, DAO now that I think are, are, are worth pulling apart. DAOs... Uh, inherently have like a funding problem at at Genesis because like they they just mint a token. They don't really have any money yet. That's not true with with ENS. They have that very large stack of Ether from all of the ENS sales. And so the ENS DAO is going to have a very large treasury of Ether behind it. And so they are going to be able to fund themselves right off the bat. The the ENS team is giving all of that Ether to the DAO. So that's pretty cool. I don't know how much that is. I forgot Um, about that too, but it's like, it's got to be a lot because... um... When, when we said the DAO has a lot of money, all of that money is in ETH, as you said. So when you register a .ETH domain, mm-hmm. you're, you're paying for it in ETH. And mm-hmm. if you paid for it in ETH back in like 2018, 2019, that ETH is worth a heck of a lot more in dollar yep. values. Than yep. So like your, your $5, your $10 to register is now a 10x from that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's a substantial treasury. Yeah, and then the other the other side of this is that the ENS team, they never raise anything from any funds at all. Yeah, that's uh, so right. Zero funds own ENS, right? Like this token was just born. Uh, no, there was no VCs, no no one backing it. And so it's going to be one of the coolest. I think it's going to be one of the coolest launches uh, of I all time. Top, top 10 launches. Nice top job, 10 guys. launches. Top 10 launches. <laughs> Sounds like another bankless blog post. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, yeah, the distribution is great. I'm, I'm excited about this one the way I was with Uniswap. So anyway, next mm-hmm. week, more details on that uh let's talk about this make your governance mm-hmm. just onboarded lido's staked eth that's st eth mm-hmm. as a collateral type it's really cool mm-hmm. because staked eth is kind of like um treasuries and t-bills mm-hmm. are to dollars right yep. it's sort of like you know you, you take your dollars you put it in a risk-free asset which is a treasury and the reason it's risk-free is because the U.S. government can always pay you back. Why? Because they are the mint. Of course, they can right. print more money and always pay you back. So it's called risk-free rate of return. That's what staked ETH is. Or it can be. It does have some risk. The risk right. with the staking provider, like Lido, has some risk sure. on it. So there are various forms of, of staked ETH. But anyway, it's really cool to see staked ETH tokenized and available mm-hmm. as collateral. So you can get a loan against it. You can start to use it as a composable money Lego inside of the DeFi economy. Any takes here, David? Yeah, this is, uh, this is A, it's just a great integration. It's a great collateral. But this is a first step of a very, very large story, which is eventually all ETH is all ETH inside of uh, DeFi is going to turn into staked ETH inside of DeFi because why wouldn't you? You could have two collateral types, ETH and staked ETH. One stays the same and one goes up like five, four or five, six percent a year. And they're both equally liquid. And they're both equally liquid. That's the the difference, right? So like with the Mm T-bill, it's like, it's locked up, but you can't do anything with it. Like your money is kind mm-hmm. of parked inside of that instrument. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, do very much with it. At least an individual can't do very much with it. But with mm-hmm. this, you, you could do anything in the DeFi economy that you could do with any ERC twenty. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. And then this is the really the important story here is there's going to be a network effects competition for this staked ETH derivative token, right? Uh, uh, Coinbase as a centralized staking as a service operator 
probably going to release Coinbase staked ETH as a secondary currency. Any any staking as a service operator, in order to compete with all the other ones, they need to generate liquidity on their staked ETH token. So they will all generate the staked ETH derivative token. Who can get their staked ETH derivative token integrated into DeFi the best is going to win. Uh, and, and so like, it, because monies have network effects. And so this is a competition that all staking as a service providers are, are uh, playing in this game. Rocket Pool also has our ETH as well. Uh, and so it's really nice to see these decentralized, committed to decentralized uh, versus the centralized ones uh, start start to make those moves before the centralized companies do. Yeah, that's the way. Like, I'm gonna, the, the collateral types I'm going to support most are the ones that are um, mm-hmm. the most decentralized. Trustless. So, yeah, right. the most trustless forms because those mm-hmm. are the tr- truly the most risk free forms and right. um in the best interest that's, of the and network that's specifically the bull case for rocket pool and and our eth is rocket pool is trying to be the most decentralized co like technically uh, risk-free uh, that there is uh, yeah. lido has done a, a few compromises to to get there but they, they are still committed to decentralization and they just want to go to market first and that's how they have done that uh, both of those are far superior than anything a centralized staking as a service company could offer. When launch, Rocket Pool. Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's, let's see let's you get, soon. Let's get this going. Let's this is really cool. Look at this uh, release from crypto.com. So we think of the crypto.coms of the world as like uh, crypto banks. So, right. So there's sort of infrastructure that sit on top of chains. They are now supporting direct deposits and withdrawals to and from Arbitrum. A roll-up. Nice. We said this is going to happen. It's starting to happen. Crypto.com. I believe they were in the top like five or something apps um, mm-hmm. in the in the like the the Apple iTunes. You know, this is Google Android. I saw this is the Android mm-hmm. App Store top five apps. So like Crypto.com has a ton of customers and consumers, and now they are enabling layer two fiat withdrawals. This is fantastic to see a much needed bridge into these ecosystems. Any thoughts here, David? Yeah, there's going to be another race between all of these centralized companies to figure out how can they drop their users off onto much more user-friendly environments. We asked Brian Armstrong the same question on the podcast that comes out on Monday. Uh, Brian Armstrong on the podcast Monday, by the way. Uh, and so stay Such tuned a good for that, episode. Oh, my God. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, and so like the, uh, all, I'm, every single exchange needs to be playing this game right now and figuring out how to. And it's not that hard. Just do it. Just, <laughs> Just get do it. Put, put it on the side chain. Yeah. Allow users to withdraw it. Like what? I don't get why this is so hard. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf me, man. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it right now. Okay, exchanges. And look, we're going to support you if you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The exchanges that I care about. So like, this is a conversation we had with Brian Armstrong just to tease that episode a little bit more, by the way. Premium Mm -hmm. members get that tomorrow or today if you're listening to it. Mm, Um, But uh, we asked him the question of like a a, a couple of questions, I guess, related. One was, do you regret not building Coinbase chain? Was a question Mm -hmm. we asked him in the podcast. His answer to that was phenomenal. Um, The other question we, we asked is, Binance is building a Binance chain, right? Uh, FTX is really partnering with with Solana. It feels very much like most exchanges are playing this this Web two game. Mm-hmm. Like they onboard you to crypto and then they try to lock you into an ecosystem that they control. Right? This is like like yeah. the Facebook. We've seen this before. Uh, and then we kind of asked Brian Armstrong, "Are you going to be the crypto bank that's going to build on open, credibly neutral protocols?" That was the question we posed to him. For the answer to that question, you have to stay tuned to the podcast. Yeah coming on Monday, <laughs> but it's such a good answer <laughs> mm-hmm, and it's so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I think 
very much the crypto banks and exchanges will be competing. And hopefully they are competing for consumers in a very Web3 way that is positive, mm -hmm. building on top of credibly neutral open infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Layer two is one essential layer in that stack. And so maybe we see Coinbase support for layer two next. Ryan, I uh, actually saw Brian Armstrong last night. At, you at did? Yeah, he was he was there. Yeah, uh, and so uh, again, so we were. I saw him yesterday, the day before we were recording with him in Zoom, and so I go up to him and like, "Oh, hey, hey, Brian," and he looks at my name tag, and the name tags, okay, this didn't be an NFT NYC story. The, when you were when you were in line and somebody was filling yeah. out your name tag for you, they were asking you like, "What is your a? What was your AIM screen name? Yeah. Not your name." What was, oh, your AI, what was your AIM scream name? Which and mine was Blackjack Davy. So like I go up to Brian and I, I say, Oh, hey, hey, Brian! Like, hey, it's great, it's great to meet you. And he just he looks at me and then looks at my name tag and I was like, Oh, hey, Blackjack Davy. And I'm like, No, Brian, it's David from from Bankless. Oh like, my we god! <laughs> we were just recording and he, it took him a while. Like it's a loud party. It took him a while to to to, to hear you. The dots, but yeah, you know, he did not recognize me at all. Well, the <laughs> other thing it was funny that because we were joking with Brian on the podcast, we were mm -hmm. like, he, he's like, Look, we've hired so many people. I've done. Bar's mm -hmm. number is like 150 right. people. I don't even know the employees that we hired in, on Coinbase. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard. It's hard when you yeah. meet so mm -hmm. many people, like for mm -hmm. that facial recognition software to keep up and like remember and put names with faces. <laughs> and uh, it's difficult. But uh, crypto, crypto conferences, there's the running joke that it is just so impossible. And like, I, I will never knock him for not recognizing me because I do the same thing for so many people. Why it's don't like, dude, just, we've met like three times. Like, <laughs> I recognize people. In the digital world by their twitter avatars honestly yeah it's right. like that is more recognizable to me and I, I know some people change their twitter avatars a lot so that, that throws me off but anyway um True. digital games let's talk about this next one running phone on what is this uh this is a product by mm -hmm. grid plus what does it allow you to do david yeah, Phonon is, uh, um, I guess, this new kind of uh, primitive that is being built by Grid Plus. Grid Plus, again, has the Lattice hardware wallet. And what they have done is they have made a what they are calling a Phonon transfer. Now, the details for this as to how this works, I do not know, but I know the gist. And so the gist is that they sent Bitcoin, 100 Satoshis of Bitcoin, from one Grid Plus hardware wallet to another Grid Plus hardware wallet not using bitcoin using the hardware what? and so basically it mimics the properties of cash it's like if i were to actually be able to give you go and hand you physical bitcoin it's like that and so it bitcoin was sent over the internet from one hardware wallet to another hardware wallet but not using the Bitcoin blockchain. And this is also works for Ethereum too. And so we are now able to mimic the properties of physical cash and then also send it over the internet, but not actually using the networks. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so like trust, uh, like trustless, uh, bearer assets, uh, and private too. Privacy is a really important uh, because like I can just like DM you some like bytes of data in this Zoom chat and that those bytes of data will be like, a big Bitcoin, a hundred Satoshis of Bitcoin, right? And you can go redeem it. I, all this sounds uh, magic crazy. and I don't know how it works, but it sounds super it interesting. And I know Grid Plus is very much in the cutting edge of um, mm -hmm. hardware wallets, like the most mm -hmm. secure enclaves possible, uh, which is super cool. I feel like I want to learn more after this, David. And if you want to learn more, there's a link in the show notes to check mm -hmm. out some of the technical details of this. Um, also, DAO infrastructure tools. 
man, how, where do you go? Is there one place you can go where you can see all of the infrastructure tools available for you? Now there is. It's called DAOmasters.xyz. And you could look at all of the tools mm -hmm. that are required to spin up a DAO. Discord, of course, uh, right. Mintgate, Gardens, OpenLaw, um, investing, recruiting, marketing, fundraising, payroll, all community management, all of these various tools in one place. Uh, kind of cool to see. This is, this is all the infrastructure I wish I had in 2017, 2018. For like, oh, I wish I'd like to make a token. And then I was like, how to mint an ERC20 token. So and like, oh, it's gotten so much better. Like, I've always wanted just like drag and drop, push button, Ethereum smart contract infrastructure. And this is that. And not only that, but a bunch of infrastructure around that infrastructure too. So gosh, this is the, that the golden and age of, of infrastructure right now. It's gotten better, but it's still going to get so much more yes. better, like better right. like better right. it's like mm -hmm. it's going to be another 10x uh, a year right. from now in terms of the tooling right. we'll have so um stay tuned for that guys also stay tuned axie infinity continue to crank it out they just uh released on their ronin sidechain something called mm -hmm. katana which is a dex for axs tokens and uh slp tokens tradable mm -hmm. with eth uh david what's what's going on here yeah, Axie Infinity, famously, the Axie Nation has their total entire GDP on the Ronin sidechain, but it didn't have a DEX. And so if you wanted to swap stuff, you would have to take it back to Ethereum. So they just built their own DEX on the Ronin sidechain. So it's like Axie Infinity Nation's got its own New York stock exchange natively on their sidechain. Uh, and so that's probably a huge upgrade for all the Axie Infinity players out, out there that don't have to go back to Ethereum to start using uh, the DeFi there. God, look at this video, man. These Axies are so cute. The cutest creatures I've ever seen. Uh, digital creatures, that is. Optimism. What are they doing? EVM equivalents. We talked about that a little bit next week, but they're releasing that as a release mm -hmm. in probably just like seven days or so. That's exactly right. Optimistic Ethereum coming to uh, Optimism itself. They're upgrading their own system, going to into EVM equivalents. They release a fantastic blog post. If you want to understand EVM equivalents and Alpha Leak, you do, you do want to understand the EVM equivalent. So go check out that blog post. Uh, it, it puts it into really simple language. There is a fundamental difference between EVM compatibility and EVM equivalence. EVM equivalence allows Optimism to ride the network effects of Ethereum. Uh, all, the, all the infrastructure tooling, the dev tooling, the node tooling, everything that's already been built out just gets to be immediately repurposed for Optimism. Uh, and that is, that is their big competitive advantage. So congrats to the Optimism team. We're going EVM equivalent in just about seven days. Yeah, it's really interesting because I, I think the, the real chain wars are actually going to be the, the chain wars between layer twos that will uh, need to carve out their place and carve out their niche. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our Optimism's take is we are going to be the most Ethereum aligned rollup of them all, basically. So mm. other rollups uh, might adopt, you know, other technical implementations. They they might even go to other chains. But Optimism is really aiming to be an extension of Ethereum, which is a really neat niche and um, is something that I expect they'll be able to carve out quite successfully. Uh, David, let's move to the raises of the week every week in crypto. There's always a massive amount of raises. Mm -hmm. We can't cover them all anymore, but we do try to cover some of the big ones. This one's different though. This yeah, so what is this? DCG, this is Digital Currency Group. So Barry uh, Silbert's firm, mm -hmm. of course, you might know 
many of his products. Coin CoinDesk is one of his products. Another one of his products is uh, GBDC and mm-hmm. all of the Grayscale funds that that you might all buy the brokerage. Grayscale, yeah, Grayscale, the thing by D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. the whole thing. Yeah. So what are they doing here? What's uh, this uh, raise? Just ca- raising a casual seven hundred million dollars. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seven hundred million dollars yeah. at a ten billion dollar valuation. All right. Well, this is the second largest. Yeah, this is the second largest crypto raise ever. I actually don't know what the first is, um, but I mean, this is just absolutely massive. Naturally, SoftBank is behind this because they have all the currency um, in the <laughs> world. Uh, and so, yeah, congratulations to, to Barry Silbert. Uh, this is uh, absolutely massive raise. Weird headline, though, I think. I don't know a who gave them this headline. moniker. Uh, DCG wants to be crypto's standard oil. Standard yeah. oil? Yeah. Uh, we don't want mm-hmm. standard oil. We don't want yeah. robber barons yeah. in the crypto that's industry. A that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know where that's coming from, but uh, whatever. So, Metaphors aside. <laughs> quick facts about Barry Silbert. Like, he, he was originally super supportive of Ethereum Classic for some reason. Uh, he put a ton of ETH, Ethereum Classic on, on his treasury. I don't know why. Uh, also, he's also previously, this is no longer the case from what I've gathered, but there was a um, conflicts of interest between Coinbase and Digital Currency or Coindesk and Digital Currency Group because they didn't uh, put up a firewall be- between the news uh, arm and the fund arm of the same company. Uh, so that's raised some eyebrows. Over, overall, like uh, a, what, what is it called? Um, a conglomerate, I guess, is what this is. It's an empire. The DCG is Definitely. an absolute massive standard empire. Oil. It yeah, standard doesn't oil, not fit. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they're definitely raking in cash. I think they've done a lot for crypto adoption. I'll, I'll have, totally give them have. that. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, I think overall they're 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 healthy. They're a good actor. I think they definitely mm-hmm. um, skew a bit more banker, old world, um, yes, you know, Bitcoin so. maximalist type. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, I mean, this is all part of the the adoption story. And uh, I mean, wow, ten billion dollar valuation. That's got to raise some eyebrows. Yep. SoftBank yep. jumping in as well. This is another one that's uh, that's pretty big. The firm backed by Alan Howard, which remember he's the massive hedge fund manager that is also backing Eric Peters' firm. We mm. talked to Eric Peters mm. uh, from One River Capital Management a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Anyway, they just uh, closed a hundred million dollar investment in a major metaverse fund with our friend Andrew Steinwald, who yeah. a year ago about a year ago at this time, came on the Bankless podcast. Andrew has his own podcast, had his own firm. It was a very small firm at the time. And I'm going to butcher the name, David. Can you say the name for me? Sir yeah, Mim- Sifermion. Sifermion. Okay, thank you. Sifermion. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was on a podcast with um, uh, he and who was it? Jake? Um, it was Jake, uh, Jake Berkman. Jake yeah. Berkman. And he basically gave the pitch for NFTs in the metaverse. And he mm-hmm. was like, guys, you're not going to believe us when we say this, but mm-hmm. NFTs are going to be bigger than DeFi. And yeah. we had just come off of DeFi summer and right. it felt like very Both much Ryan like- Both Ryan and I were like, what? Get okay, out of here. Like, no yeah, way. eventually, you know, in 10 years or something, right. sure. Like I, I did believe him, but you know, I thought it would take a longer time right. for it to play out. And to be fair, he probably did too. Well, he definitely, he definitely thought it was, it did not happen as far, or it happened way faster than he thought it would. Okay. So now his firm just got a hundred million dollars in funding his fund. So congrats to Andrew. Congrats, congrats Andrew. to the people preaching Andrew, NFTs. You were in the right. Metaverse. We were wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, um, I think a lot of the people who were right about NFTs and the metaverse uh, mm-hmm. a year ago, 
are now reaping the rewards on this side. It's like market validation. Mm -hmm. Now you get $100 million in your fund. Go invest for us. So congrats, Andrew Steinwald um, and his entire team. And Mm -hmm. congrats for being right on the thesis. It's really cool to see. Yep. And again, like believing in NFTs before there was any real market validation about them, right? CryptoPunks were still like below two Ether, right? Like there was no excitement about NFTs. They were just a concept. Yeah, and he dude. believed it. He believed in it before anyone was actually bullish on anything about NFTs. You know what? Something really gets me excited, gets me going is like investors with conviction. Okay, mm-hmm. there, there are so many people on YouTube, and I feel like in 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 Twitter, some of these are traders, self proclaimed traders but some of these are like crypto influencers and like investors in the space and they don't really invest with any conviction they don't really have a long-term thesis they just play on whatever's popular in the narrative right three months in six months in okay i hate that like it's just not Mm -hmm. it's not something that i gravitate towards like i like the andrew steinwalds of the world i like the olaf Mm -hmm. carlson wheeze in 2013 Mm -hmm. i like the Brian Armstrongs in 2012 who are like, oh, I see what this can become. I have conviction. When everyone else is going in a different direction, no one else believes, I'm going to put my flag in the ground. I'm going to build something cool. And I'm going to like invest in this space and build in this space with conviction. Those are my favorite people in crypto because all of yep. them are playing long-term games and you should go and follow what they do at every single exactly step. Right. And I think Andrew is yep. one of those people. Have we said enough good things about Andrew? I wonder if he's listening. <laughs> Andrew, we like you. <laughs> All right, what's uh, what's next, David? What's this one? Sandbox. Yeah, this is the uh, company that Snoop Dogg uh, is associated with. Uh, so that's how Snoop Dogg came into the world of crypto uh, with uh, like uh, partnering with the Sandbox uh, metaverse type avatar-ish second life type game. Haven't played. It hasn't been opened yet, but you can build stuff on it so far. Uh, just raised $93 million again by SoftBank. So SoftBank really putting a, injecting a ton of cash into this space. Yeah, they just uh, raised a couple months ago $140 million. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the valuation is. This particular article doesn't say. It's got to be unicorn status already. Building yeah. on Ethereum, which is interesting. I know you've you've taken a look at the the tech. You, you think mm-hmm. it looks cool, but I think a lot of this um, comes off of the the Facebook Meta pivot, right? Facebook, mm-hmm. the biggest social media, co- fifth largest company. We're just looking at that in the world is now pivoting to the metaverse and sandbox has a sand token um has right. that how what has that done on this news uh it's done oh some God. things <laughs> yeah some big so things. yeah it's been hanging around like 75 cents and then as soon as uh the facebook meta pivot uh, sand just went from 75 cents to like three plus dollars um and then at the same time it also raised you know you know 93 million dollars so good things good tailwinds for this for this uh sandbox company Jeez, market cap close to three billion dollars and this is just wow. a, a leg up we've wow. seen that ever since the facebook announcement and a lot of like mm-hmm. anything that is classified as the metaverse as a token that's a narrative that is happening right. in DeFi tokens right now another narrative that doesn't get old is the narrative of get a job <laughs> getting a job in crypto of course time for the t- this is the time when we remind you that there are all sorts of fantastic job opportunities in crypto all of these fantastic protocols and companies are hiring we have a bankless job board where we try to consolidate as much as possible some of the coolest opportunities uh this week head of growth at dex guru a technical lead at daftly incorporated an accountant 
accountant at Smart DeFi, product manager at Smart DeFi as well, head of Ethereum research at Immutable. David, you had Immutable on the podcast earlier this week. Also, mm-hmm. head of tokens, community manager at Dexable, a lead engineer at Hats.Finance, community manager at eAgronom. Did I get it right this week? Yeah, nice job. Nice okay. job. That was like four also, weeks Also, I don't in. know if that's correct, but that's just how I do it. <laughs> okay. That's how David has always said it. Also, they're looking for a CTO, eAgronom. Uh, senior backend engineer, smart DeFi, blockchain technical CTO, interim role at Merit, community manager at Argon, founding blockchain engineer at Highlight. Oh my God, I'm almost out of breath. Senior software engineer, yeah. Popcorn, and a community lead at Popcorn as well. I rattled off just the top ones that I could mm-hmm. list, but there are dozens more on the job board. Sign up for that. And make sure you check this weekly for opportunities in crypto that could fit your skill set. Yeah, as these raises have come in in the last few weeks that we keep on talking about, raise after raise after raise, oh, that's like, what they're it doing was no the wonder money. there's so many jobs available <laughs> on the job board. <laughs> we just raised $700 million. We're digital currency mm-hmm. group. I think we need to hire some people to spend that on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got to be doing some of that, right? Where else is the money going Absolutely. with all of these raises? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's where it's going, folks. All right, David, let's get to the news. The big one of the week is the Facebook Metaverse Pivot they're changing, mm-hmm. they're rebranding, mm-hmm. no longer Facebook. They are now called Meta. That is the company name. That is the ticker symbol. That is the meta.com website. Uh, a social technology company is what they're saying in their press release. David, what's happening here? I like this little graphic where they have like WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, all of their products, and then it forms into the M of the Meta. Um, basically, I think... This, we talk about this a few times where like sometimes people start building stuff and they don't know what explicitly what they're building towards until they actually get there. Hmm. So I think the idea here is that Facebook has been building out parts of the metaverse in different little pieces. Like, you know, the the, for, the Facebook was like the first virtual online social media thing that really took the world by storm. It was the first iteration of, you know, V1 meta, metaverse. Uh, add in Instagram, add in WhatsApp, add, add in all these social elements. Now with Oculus VR, uh, I think this pivot makes a ton of sense, right? They are already making like virtual online experiences in different silos, and now they're just branding this under the single umbrella. Also doing a fantastic job of aligning their branding with the metaverse, which is getting a just absolutely ton of attention as a word, even though no one still knows what it actually is. Oh, I feel um, like we know what it is. Yeah, we do know what we it have is. Some hints. We all, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have some direction um, there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, like there's basically nothing that Facebook and Zuck can do that has positive light on it. Like, (laughs) sure, you can call it the metaverse. I'm going to call it the Zuckverse. It's the Zuckverse. (laughs) Well, deservedly so. I mean, they have Mm -hmm. um, it it feels very much like use their command and control to abuse users in the past, Mm -hmm. maybe abuse even ecosystem uh, participants. So countries, entire countries. Yeah, it does feel like. Zuck deserves, maybe Facebook deserves a lot of the flack that they get. Um, but Chris mm-hmm. Dixon pointed out in our podcast, like he is one of the only original Big Web 2 founders that are still mm-hmm. actively involved in making bets and managing their companies, right? It's just kind of Zuckerberg. I guess Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg. Right. But like the Google founders, you know, uh, they're gone. Microsoft, of course, like they're gone. All, all of the original big tech companies, um, are, are mostly gone. I guess Bezos is still there. I don't know why mm-hmm. Dixon didn't include them, but it enables somebody like Zuck to make a big bet. And th- that's what this is. This is a big bet on the future. It's going to cost a yeah. lot of money for them to get here into the metaverse. Uh, and 
there was so many different takes on this, right? So like right. one take I felt like was um, the political take, right? Uh, maybe political Twitter was very much like, oh yeah, this is just Zuck trying to deflect from his bad PR, right? right. Everyone hates the name Facebook. So now you're right. becoming meta. Okay, well, you know, whatever. Um, I think crypto Twitter, much of crypto Twitter saw this as a co-opting of crypto, mm -hmm. a co-opting of the metaverse. Yeah, okay, right. you're trying to duplicate our thing, but just make it decentralized or centralized. Centralized, right. Um, Brian Armstrong's I'm not, I'm, yeah. take was interesting, which mm -hmm. he was very much like, um, you know, Zuck knows what he's doing. He's smart. He's founder-led. Uh, he actually believes that someone like, like I think I do, maybe you do too, David, that this is going to force Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook to build on top of crypto, right? Because like mm -hmm. in the metaverse, where do you get your property rights layer? We can't have right. meta Facebook right. be the property mm -hmm. rights layer of this entire economy, this universe that we're building. So where does that come from? Well, it has to come from NFTs, tokens, mm -hmm. settlement on systems like Ethereum. And so maybe this is actually just Zuckerberg kind of capitulating and being like, okay, I'll build my universe Right, I'll I'll own the front end, but I'm going to build it on this open standard, which is crypto. Maybe that's a super bullish thing for crypto. What's uh What's your take on all of these things? Yeah, I, I th I'm going to go with Occam's Razor here. I don't think there's much of a crypto story here at all. Um, I I think this is just about because there was a, a video I saw of um, the whole like presentation of the pivot and what they were going to do with it, and everything was cut out for it except for the words experiences. And so it's just Zuckerberg saying experiences, experiences, experiences <laughs> over and over. The word experiences was built into this thing. I truly think it's more more of Web2 stuff, less about crypto property rights, NFTs, stuff like that, and more just literally about like it's a, a big pivot into Oculus, into VR, into uh, the online social experiences. Uh, and so may, like may, maybe the crypto part does come, but I don't think that's the specific strategy that's being communicated here. It could be wrong. Yeah, no, I. I, I think there's some truth to what you said. I just think the reason it's bullish crypto is because I think um, many people in Silicon <laughs> Valley. No, it's like it's more than that. So many people in Silicon Valley, if the, you ask them what they're, we have a different definition of the metaverse than them. Okay, right. if you ask them what their definition of the metaverse is, it's experience. It's mm -hmm. augmented reality. It's virtual reality. It's this new realm that you can go to. Okay. The crypto definition of the metaverse is strong property rights. It's self-sovereignty. It's mm -hmm. like the difference between New York City, a neighborhood where you can own private property and set up commercial shops and business, and Disneyland, which is mm -hmm. an experience. And where right. are you actually manicured, going to set yeah. yeah, it's manicured. Where are you actually going to create a real organic digital universe? Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. in, in Disneyland. You don't build a house and raise your kids in Disneyland, okay? Right. And that right. if the metaverse is going to be a human experience, if it's going to be a real organic thing, then mm -hmm. it has to have property rights. It has to feel real. It has to like right. live. So that's why I'm kind of of the mind that, yeah, Zuck thinks it's about experience maybe because that's the mm -hmm. only hammer in their tool belts. But what this really is about is like they can build the front end on top of this thing. I don't care. They'll be forced to settle on top of right. crypto money systems and crypto property rights systems. So that's why I am, I guess, bullish. And I do think that there is a crypto story here underlying, even though they don't see it yet. Sure. Yeah, I, I do like that take. Uh, you, you said that 
they think it's all about experiences and we think it's all about property rights. And I will say when you have property rights, you also have the culture come out of the property rights. Yes. Like crypto punks, bored apes, like property <laughs> rights real. about yeah. those things. And that is also experiences. And those experiences are vibes that I've been feeling all week here okay. at NFT NYC. And you're not going to be able to, that's a bottom up vibe, not a top down experience. And so that is the difference. It's, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's totally right. And it's like back, back to what we were talking about. It's like, let's make the internet weird again. The mm -hmm. internet is like boring mm -hmm. and sterile and not weird. Let's make it right. weird again. I think that's what crypto is right. doing. Um, yeah. Nike's getting there's no on risk too, in dude. Disneyland, but there's a bunch of risk in NFTs. And there's no risk in D Disneyland. You can't get kidnapped yeah. at Disneyland, huh? It is locked <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> very secure, mm -hmm. very safe. Um, Nike is heading to the metaverse as well. They are filing trademarks uh, in the metaverse and they are hiring metaverse mm -hmm. designers. So mm -hmm. he here's an interesting thought for you. Okay. It's like, all of the growth for the mega brands, particularly the premium luxury brands, is going to be growth in the digital product space rather than the physical right. product space over the next 10 yep. years. Remember when we had Kathy Wood on, we were like, well, like f for the banks, um, you know, they could start doing more in crypto, but it, it, it would just be such a marginal small part of their business because they're so large. And she was like, oh, that's where you're wrong. Chris Berninski said this too, because it's not about the proportion of total um, revenue. It's about the proportion of future growth. All right. So mm -hmm. all of the other business lines could be stagnant. And if you, and if you have 90% of the growth on the digital side, on the crypto side, then the banks are going to start taking notice and capitulating. I feel like that's going to happen with brands too. It's like Nike, you've got all this IP, you got all this fan base, this brand equity, all these athletes. How are you actually going to grow your revenue over the next decade? And the massive amount of growth is going to come from digital products rather than physical products. So they're going to start piling in, David. That's what I see here. Yeah, and the whole Facebook pivoting to Meta. I think there's a lot of lot of companies behind the scenes doing virtual goods, metaverse type things, and this is just again going to turn this into an absolute rat race of who can be the most metaverse the fastest. These are awesome shoes, by the way. What are these? Like virtual Nikes. God, they look awesome. <laughs> I, I would. I don't. Think, I, I don't get it. I, I want these. I want these. <laughs> what in my you life? Wear Nikes. How you do you know Nikes? that? Have you ever seen my shoes? I have never seen. I have You've never, never seen. Have you your even shoes. seen the bottom half of me? I, uh, I feel, it's weird when I do. It's weird <laughs> when I do. <laughs> I'll show you my shoes sometime. I do have a pair of Nikes. Uh, not that cool though. Um, yeah, I I said this take, but that's the take. The the vir the virtual goods are going to dwarf the physical goods before long. Microsoft getting in on the action too. Microsoft CEO. It's the biggest company in the world apparently. Uh, the metaverse will bring real world, the real world into any digital space. So they are going all in. They plan to introduce 90 new services and updates in three major areas, including the metaverse. You can absolutely expect us to do things in gaming. Of course, they said no, no surprise there. They own the Xbox. So are they just going to fast follow Facebook into this thing, David? Uh, yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone's going to the metaverse. We're all, we're all going to see you there. See in the metaverse. What's Reddit doing, mm -hmm. David? This is super exciting. This is uh, an engineer <laughs> who just joined their team. Going to the metaverse. Um, three words. He says decentralize, mm -hmm. period, social, period, media. What does this mean? This is huge. Okay. Reddit is, I think Reddit is on the cusp of 
perhaps one of the biggest pivots of all time uh, from a Web2 company to a Web3 company, not just a little bit, but going heads first. Uh, so we know that Reddit has always been curious with Ethereum. They had the Reddit scaling bake-off competition forever ago. Arbitrum won it. Uh, and so Reddit is now using Arbitrum to scale out NFTs and tokens inside of the Reddit platform. And so this uh, this, this thread and, and this the... the uh, Runner, uh, the writer of this thread has the ultrasound money uh, icons in his handle. Um, just want to throw that out there. Oh my God! Just uh, and so he makes he makes a fantastic thread. So so let's go through it. Your karma points will soon be tokens. Think community based decisions, forking subreddits in disagreements, which is. Oh my God, that's so cool. That's so amazingly cool. First off, like Dow. incentivizing good content via valid contributions, that's amazing. Yep. But also a very dark part about Bitcoin's history and crypto's history at large is that the Bitcoin had a civil war inside of the R Bitcoin subreddit and for they forked it off into R BTC and R Bitcoin because there was this, uh, I, I can't remember his name, uh, but a, a mod a mod subreddit that was like uh, silencing anyone that wanted big blocks and only for small blocks. Uh, and there was a massive, massive civil war that ultimately created the, the block, uh, the block, um, they forked. the block size wars, they, the, the fork yeah. wars, right? Uh, and it was just a, a conspiracy and espionage. It, it was crazy back then. Some of the stories, Griff Green told told me some of these stories in the, the layer zero. And like, if we can just figure out how to like, in like how we fork our blockchain, we can just fork our subreddits, like with more like instantiated assets inside of them that go and, and have governance votes and allow the communities to have voice. That is amazing. And that's exactly what DAOs do when tokens do. Uh, and so I think I think the what this could become is one of the coolest things of all time. The, the threat continues. Reddit has 500 million monthly active users. When we all pull this off, we will onboard 500 million Web2 users into Web3, and then there is no going back. We are all going to make it. Uh, and then he just can, can, continues saying crypto culture things. It's time to take back control. Make the true internet truly open and break free. Give us each ownership of everything. Uh, and so I, I think this could be one of the most groundbreaking pivots of all time. Yeah, I do too, David. I'm super bullish on this. Like we said in the last episode, Reddit actually has, uh, they don't monetize their user base very well, right? And right. maybe that's because they don't really prey on their user base the way other mm -hmm. social media platforms kind of do through advertising, yeah. through like mining them for all of this information. It's a bit more open, a bit more free, but as a result, it's not as profitable. Well, this gives them incentive to jump into mm -hmm. Web3 first because they don't have to cannibalize a large existing business model. Right. There's just opportunity. They don't have much to lose. There's just opportunity on the other side. And uh, the thing is the technology is here too. So this thread goes on to say, uh, Reddit has partnered with Arbitrum, which you mentioned, created our own separate instance of Arbitrum. Community points for two subreddits, 80,000 users are already on RinkB testnet in our Arbitrum network. So remember Arbitrum when we had them on, they have Arbitrum 1, which they're rolling out, mm -hmm. which is live right now. But um, Arbitrum doesn't have to be just one rollup, okay? Mm -hmm. um, you can use the Arbitrum code and create your own rollup. And that's what Reddit is doing here. They're just forking, they're creating a separate instance of a rollup that all settles on top of Ethereum. So super exciting to see an engineer talk about the technology being ready for this too. Uh, overall, this is just a ultra, ultra bullish Web2 companies becoming Web3 companies. They have everything to gain. As Chris Dixon said, Web3 is ownership. He actually quotes him in this thread. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, man, Web2 is great. 
Web two's peaked, man. I like. I really yeah. feel like that. Um, Absolutely. This is uh, is this the Wall Street New York Times? New York mm-hmm. Times says they are hiring a crypto and fintech reporter. Must be able to explain what Web three is. Apply here. New York Times. Look at that. Getting in New on York the action Times. too. Also going Web three. Everyone's going <laughs> Web three. Everyone's going to the metaverse. We're well, all wanna, going there. They want to talk about it anyway. So uh, super cool stuff to see. David, let's talk about mm-hmm. some NFT action. You saw some Lots of it. Lots of NFT action this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's this Quentin Tarantino thing? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino, seven uncut scenes from Pulp Fiction released as NFTs. Uh, so he was at NFT NYC on, on a panel with some of our fellow like community members, uh, a coin artist, uh, G Money, Quentin Tarantino, all sitting in chairs together talking about NFTs. Uh, that's a that's a big name getting into NFTs. So NFTs, like, got another one. Yeah, got got another one. What's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, by the way? Do you watch any? Oof, oof. Oh, I was not prepared for that question. Um <sighs> I, I can I do you like Pulp next week? Yeah, yeah. You, you go, go watch a feud. We'll talk about it next yeah. week. Go watch Inglorious Bastards. Django oh, Unchained. Inglorious Bastards is a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, it's Django Unchained. It's Django Unchained. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, mine. Final that's final mine, answer. Dude. Yeah, final totally. Answer. It's easy for me. I love that movie. Um, all right, let's talk about the McRib, David. Mm-hmm. McRib is issuing an NFT. Okay. <laughs> uh, top signal. Um, uh, global adoption, uh, maybe, new paradigm. Yeah, it's it's top top signals all the way down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like a rotating like trading card, but it's a McRib. Uh, McRib has this like cult following. McDonald, it's a pretty big deal that McDonald's is releasing an NFT of a McRib. Uh, again, McRib. just legitimizing the technology. Like, hey, someone's okay. gonna buy it. Have dude. you ever like, eaten a McRib? I have never, and I've never eaten a McRib. I've never eaten a McRib. Do you know what it's made out of? Because I don't. I've heard it's made out of a bunch of BS that I don't want to know. <laughs> so it's not it's an actual rib. With like fake filler. And like the ripples no. in it are not actual, like it's not an actual rib, right? Like right. it's just right. uh right. S- synthesized it's fake, rib. Fake rib. Fake, fake rib. rib. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll probably yeah. enjoy it more in NFT. Real form, NFT then. though. <laughs> Real <laughs> NFT. That's great. All right. Well, I don't know if we peaked or not, but McRib is on uh, the blockchain. So uh, that's great. <laughs> um, how about the matrix, dude? That, um, Actually, yeah, let's let's skip to that. We'll get back to this. So The Matrix, the new movie mm-hmm. coming out, they are actually issuing NFTs as yeah. well, right? PFP NFTs? Profile picture NFTs. A hundred thousand of them, what? which is crazy. On a like, side chain, you right? don't, you, On a side chain, yeah. On, on a Ethereum-linked side chain, not, not a roll-up, just a side chain. It's called Palm. Uh, but yeah, a hundred thousand profile pictures for the Matrix avatar. Is this the new style of marketing? It's like, yes, oh yeah, it's it like, is. Yeah, it's like, oh, our movie's coming out. Let's try and get everyone to wear our avatars as the movie gets released. If people get hyped about it, right? yeah, so that's pretty cool. And the numbers here, you pointed out, David, a hundred thousand. That's big for crypto, right? Because usually these PFPs right. are like ten thousand or something. Mm-hmm. Is is pretty common. Mm-hmm. But like, that's pretty small for. All of the moviegoers right. who see the Matrix, right? right? What what right. are their box yeah, the office millions sales? Millions and millions of people that go and will see it box yeah, opening it's, weekend. It's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. small, and it's it's very easy for them to re- re- release this digital NFT merchandise. I wouldn't be surprised in the future, David. This is successful. Every single release, we're certainly seeing. Mm-hmm. Last week we talked about Disney getting on it. Every single movie release, you're going to see NFT digital merchandise merchandise that you sure. can purchase on top of this too. Here's like a possibility that I could see happening. You know how Twitter is integrating verify verifiable NFTs? Yeah. Well, what if you get an airdrop 
for verifying your matrix NFT and having it on your profile picture for like two weeks because they want you to do that to market the movie. And if you do that and like market the movie, then you get an airdrop after the fact. Like imagine those games that could be played. I mean, marketers are going to come up with basically every every right. sort of iteration of what you're talking about, David. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could mm -hmm. totally see that playing out. Um, what's interesting too is uh, in China, the tech giants are saying yes on NFTs, but no on cryptocurrencies, right? We've sort of seen this in the US where Web2 companies right. are like, we're not going to do crypto payments. That's a little scary. Yeah. But NFTs, oh, yeah, easy. Let's oh, yeah. add some Sign features, up, you know, right. TikTok, mm -hmm. uh, Twitter, all of these things. We're seeing that in China also, play out too. Yeah, from think about this from a regulatory perspective. Like it's the same thing. Like, no, get the currencies out of yeah, here. Exactly. NFTs, like, sure, whatever. Yeah, like, sure. You know, we're not JPEGs? threatened by that. We're not threatened yeah, I don't by care your, about JPEGs. By bring, your bring Axie. It. It's a Trojan horse. Oh my God, that's what I was about to say. It's the biggest say, Trojan horse. It's the yeah. biggest mm -hmm. because without cryptocurrencies, NFTs actually don't work. Yep. Like, did you yep. know NFTs are actually secured by the cryptocurrencies on the mm -hmm. chain, right? Like that is the security mechanism, yep. the value of cryptocurrency. That is a security mechanism for NFTs. And if mm -hmm. they're not secured by a cryptocurrency, then they're not NFTs. They're just entries in a centralized database. Right. So right. tricked mm -hmm. you. We tricked you guys. <laughs> you are by adopting NFTs, you are adopting cryptocurrencies, maybe without knowing it. So thank you very much. The NFT rug pull. I oh, love it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this. Was this a rug pull or what? There was some uh, CryptoPunk that sold for $500 million. Uh, the Bloomberg $500 million. Uh, for FYI, I think the biggest CryptoPunk sale ever was something like 7 or $8 million. Something you know, very, very high, but not $500 million. So, so, so what the hell happened? Turns out this guy wrote a smart contract. Guy or girl, unknown person, uh, wrote a smart contract that when the smart contract would receive receive the ether it would immediately send it back uh, and so what would ha what, what happens is this guy put his CryptoPunk in, into a smart contract, borrowed a flash loan from Aave, just uh, borrowed all the po all money possible. And a flash, loan, a flash loan lets you borrow all the money that's in the vault, so long as you also return it in the same transaction, which is why you actually don't have to put up any collateral to do a flash loan. So this person just borrowed $532 million to buy a CryptoPunk. <laughs> Once in that same block, the CryptoPunk was bought, the contract returned all the money. So this person basically bought their own CryptoPunk for themselves for, it, it wasn't a sale. They they just, they it's just like a wash trade kind of thing. It's right? a wash trade, right? And, and they, just, but they did set like the all-time high sale of a CryptoPunk ever. And so what happened was that the CryptoPunk bot that goes out, the, uh, the notifications that a CryptoPunk was sold, uh, one bot goes out and say somebody bought a CryptoPunk for five hundred thirty-two million dollars. Everyone started freaking out. It's not even that cool of a CryptoPunk. What the hell's going on? And then they realized that this guy just made like a circular loop and it caused a bunch of storm. But yeah, it's good meme, good joke, good it, good riff. Now we're, now we're all talking about it. It's yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We're all talking about it and uh, we're all getting educated on flash loans because mm -hmm. this one person, I don't know who this is, Ryan uh, Patrick uh, Curlin, he says, who the hell gives out $532 million loan to an individual, even for an instant? Who does that? And then mm -hmm. Scott Lewis is like, uh, the Ethereum virtual machine does that. It's magic. That's yep. how we do it. And so yep. what just happened? We do it with code. Yeah. Th this guy washed traded. It wasn't a real sale, right? Mm -hmm. But like, these numbers, the 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 amount of money that we're talking about gets headlines. And then those headlines further propel this conversation and mainstream to start learning what flash loans are, what Ethereum is, mm -hmm. what NFTs actually are, and what this transaction was really about. So mm -hmm. kind of cool, kind of genius, I yeah. guess, uh, from, from a PR perspective. Ryan, since you're the uh, tax optimizer between the two of us, <laughs> is, it, is this a taxable event? 
Oh my god, I don't even... Oh, now, you just this ruined the rest like of the episode. I'm going to be thinking about this the whole time. million dollars in taxes? <laughs> no, I mean, if you're moving from uh, one wallet that you own to another wallet you own, it's not a taxable event. There you go. Tax optimizer answer for the okay, week. Thank you, sir. No taxable <laughs> event, David. You can do that. It's fine. <laughs> Check with your CPA. No, this is financial advice. Uh, tax advice. <laughs> Bitcoin stuff. Uh, man, quarterbacks sure do love getting their payment in Bitcoin. So this is NFT, NFL star Aaron Rodgers. He mm -hmm. is uh, of the Green Bay Packers. He is getting some of his salary in Bitcoin. What's going cool. on? Yep. It's not, not, not the first time that that's happened. Uh, some NBA players have also done this. Some people just want to be paid in Bitcoin. Uh, and I, I've... They're, and players like they have a lot of money right and so they like to they like to play in the money games too they play in the, in the markets but and they like crypto markets just right? saves you a step uh, i guess rather than buying bitcoin yeah. you get paid in bitcoin yeah. you don't have to do that step good marketing you still have good to marketing. pay your taxes in fiat unfortunately but you yeah know. That, that's true yeah, yeah. They, they won't be changing that anytime soon coinbase Maybe that's why they want to be paid in bitcoin so they can just like get it immediately yeah yeah i, I guess so yeah um i i see that I, you know i guess i'd rather be paid in um in crypto in a lot of cases mm -hmm. uh coinbase is doing Bitcoin loans now. So the SEC shut down Coinbase Lend, right? Mm -hmm. Well, threatened them, and Coinbase decided to withdraw. Said, okay. But mm -hmm. Coinbase Borrow? Yeah, that's what this mm -hmm. is. That's okay. So w what is this product, Dave, and what's it doing? Yeah, well, famously, you can't do DeFi on Bitcoin. Uh, that's not what Bitcoin's for. You can take your Bitcoin onto Ethereum and then do the DeFi stuff there. Or now you can also take your Bitcoin to Coinbase and get your loans, your Bitcoin collateralized loans from Coinbase. And this is kind of how we've always said Bitcoin is going to like scale out as a currency. It's going to use crypto banks and that's what's going on here. So $1 million loans from Coinbase on your Bitcoin collateral. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting that they can borrow, but they can't lend according to yeah, SEC regulations. It's completely it's like nonsensical. One half of uh, BlockFi. But we talked about that with Brian Armstrong, too. You can listen to that on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What is the Biden administration doing next? They might be putting stable coins under federal supervision. Uh, if mm -hmm. you don't do that to Congress, Biden administration says, we will. We will do that. Um, what uh, what's your take on this message coming yeah, to me? From this is relatively sensical, sensical regulation. Uh, yeah. the, what I got from this is that the stablecoin issuers need to be regulated as banks. That makes sense. The other thing that's also really nice about this is that Biden is saying, hey, Congress, hey, legislators, the people that were elected, please do legislation, which I like way more than the SEC, which I did not elect to impose regulation. What about me. this so or this we is, will part, though, David? <laughs> yeah, or I think it's by like or executive order, which like yeah, okay. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> they might do it's, it's, anyway. It, yeah, um, but also it's Congress, so like don't hold your breath. Like Congress doesn't go very fast. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. go fast at all, especially these days. Um, Jake Travinsky, I think had a had a had a, his take here. He's a great you know crypto lawyer. Somebody he's been on Bankless many times. Um, there's lots to pick apart in the new stablecoin report this is a report that was put out i believe by treasury i think that's kind of related to mm -hmm. that headline that we just read um but the tldr of this is basically congress has to uh has to act in order to act enact the new legislation right and so i think what the treasury is saying is basically like hey we'd like to do some things but we really can't unless uh congress acts and Jake's point is like prompt action from this Congress on anything is unlikely, let alone on something like stable coins. Like it's just not that big of a deal on the congressional agenda. They can't get any of the, the main 
um, initiatives passed that they that the Congress wants to get passed. So are they going to do anything with stablecoins? No. So this is kind of a, I guess, a sigh of relief for people in the industry who are worried about some harsh action being taken against stablecoins. That might be a bit, you know, we talked to Brian uh, Quintes, Quintens. He talked about like, you know, Congress is either doing like not enough or like way too much. And so you got to mm-hmm. watch that pendulum swing. And that was the worry that suddenly they would get draconian on stablecoins and do way too much. It doesn't look like that is likely, at least at this point, according to Jake. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, David, let's talk about what China's doing. China is continuing to roll out its central bank digital currency. Did you know 10% of China's population now has a digital wand wallet? Yeah, that's crazy. Big moves. That's way more like there's not 10 how many 10% of people inside the United States play with crypto? How much how much do you think people play with crypto inside the United States? Um well, Coinbase less, has less. 30 65 million um customers. I guess mm. some of that's worldwide. So, yeah, 10 to 15%. Let's call it that. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, no one's touching the United States central bank digital currency. So if uh, you know the United States would like to latch on to the success of DeFi, they could you know, <laughs> actually beat uh, they, China in this. But you know, not holding my breath there either. Yeah, they really should. I put out this tweet. Uh, meanwhile, in the U.S., back to our favorite screenshot here: the congressional <laughs> hearing, cryptocurrencies. What are they good for? That's what the U.S. is still debating so while China is like so rolling out a central bank digital currency. All right, guys, we are going to be right back with the takes of the week. But before we do, we want to thank the fantastic sponsors who made this episode possible. The era of proof of stake is upon us. Proof of stake systems like Ethereum, Terra and Solana allow the industry to move away from the hot, loud and wasteful proof of work systems and return back to a cottage industry of individual stakers and individual validators. And that is what we need to make this industry stay decentralized. Individuals must play their part in crypto network validation. And that is what Lido is here to do. Lido makes staking accessible to everyone at the click of a button. By delegating your stake to Lido's network of nodes, you can access the yield offered by proof of stake systems and claim your share of the network transaction rewards. Do you have 32 ETH and want to stake it to Ethereum, but running a node sounds intimidating? Or maybe you have less than 32 ETH and you need to pool your ETH with others so you can access staking yields. Lido offers a solution for both. Simply go to lido.fi, choose which assets you want to stake and deposit them to the Lido validating network. Lido is working to make sure proof of stake stays as decentralized as possible and is committed to decentralizing its own validating network to eventually become a completely permissionless protocol. So if you want to stake your ETH, Terra or Sol and get liquidity on your stake, go to lido.fi to get started. The Aave protocol is a decentralized liquidity protocol on Ethereum which allows users to supply and borrow certain crypto assets. Aave version 2 has a ton of cool features that makes using the Aave protocol even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi money Legos, yield and composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can supply to the protocol in order to gain yield. And all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have supplied collateral. Here you can see me borrowing 200 USDC against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens and ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock in that interest rate in permanently. V2 also features the ability for users to swap collateral without having to withdraw their assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. With Aave, users can do this in one seamless transaction, saving you time and gas costs. 
Check out the power of Ave at Ave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. All right, guys, welcome back. We are here with the takes of the week. We go, we search the Twitter sphere. We search for all of the great takes that are happening in crypto this week. We try to dish them out to you. This is the first one. David, you want to read this out from Zeneca once again? It made it last week, making it this week too. What's this take? Yeah, Zeneca says, on the calendar year of NFTs, we are still having breakfast on January 1st. <laughs> what, what he means is like, if you take all of NFT lifetime, like the whole entire progress and development and the stories of NFTs, we are just eating breakfast on the very first day. Basically, he's saying NFTs have a, a long, long road runway ahead of them. Have you ever seen like, you know what that reminds me of? It's like the, the lifespan of, of humanity. And mm, if you like mm, project right. like the, enti- the entire history of the universe uh, and make that a calendar year, then how long would humans be alive? It's something like some sort of uh, picosecond. Nothing, like, it's like nothing. Right? <laughs> it's always uh-huh. nothing. Yeah, yeah we're we very are, early. Like, Not quite there, mm-hmm. but maybe we're just still on day one of NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, David, what's this take from Eric Wall? Yeah, Eric Wall says, making a high throughput L1 to reduce gas costs is a bit like making a, making a road wider to reduce traffic. In reality, the wider road makes people think, oh, I can take my car to work now instead of commuting. And then, boom, traffic reclogs. It takes exactly as long as you took to, to get to work as it did before. And he is, quote, retweeting Kyle Samani when somebody was asking, hey, can like Solana do roll-ups too? And yeah, sure, of course Solana can do rollups. But the point is, like, if you can do rollups, why do you scale the L1, right? And so it's just uh, what what Eric's saying. He made a great thread about this. Is that it doesn't make any sense to both scale the L1 and the L2 because you're putting an L2, which is really, really, really scalable, scalable on top of an L1, which is also scalable but also not decentralized. And so the, what he's saying is like Kyle Samani is saying like, oh yeah, Solana will eventually have to go to rollups because it'll eventually congest. He said, Kyle said that, which goes against the whole entire point of why Solana exists in the first place and is just being like, like hey, we can just like use penetrative pricing, cheap gas fees to, to undermine Ethereum, uh, and then we'll, we're go- going to be the thing that goes to roll-ups because we are all we totally know that we're going to be that's that's a, in the that's future. a total pivot by the way that's a total yeah, pivot a total, because yeah. mm-hmm. the the entire purpose of chains like solana monolithic chain design was high mm-hmm. throughput on layer one so that you wouldn't need roll-ups why right because the advocates of solana would argue in roll-ups you lose composability right you lose this kind of atomic defi to defi sort of uh transaction ability and so you need massive amounts of throughput on the monolithic chain on the layer one and this is a pivot from that a, a departure a change a 360 a i don't know sorry a 180 uh like what 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 else is this i mean it it, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense to me either and uh, eric wall is uh, I, I think rightly calling it out i think there is a path as we said before, for the Solanas mm-hmm. of the world to um, get, you know, to, to, to move into the rollup design. And it's like twofold. Either you become a rollup on top of some other high, highly economic consensus layer, like an Ethereum or something else, right? So you become the execution layer, or you move to become more decentralized over time. Right. And like mm-hmm. you become a bit more Ethereum like and you prioritize rather than scalability on layer one, you prioritize decentralization a bit more and security. Right. And then in which case you're just kind of following Ethereum toward the, the path that it's taking. So yep. this is what we've been saying, right? With the, the ultrasound Ethereum ultrasound network modular mm-hmm. blockchain kind of thesis that we've been putting out there and others like Polly and I have been putting out there too. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly right. Yep. 
Well, uh, let's talk about this. I've, I've, I, I read a letter earlier this week um, because metaverse was all the rage, right? You know, Zuck and mm-hmm. Facebook moving to the metaverse. What does this mean? And this is like an investor letter that said, oh, hey, if you're an investor and you want to play the metaverse, the thing you should do is go buy Facebook and go buy Roblox. All right. Blech. It's so Blech. crazy to me that people still think that the metaverse will emerge from this old world that it will emerge from like one old capital formation tools like stocks Mm -hmm. and like Mm two um, old web two companies that don't really get it. It's like, folks, the best way to play the metaverse is to buy ETH. Okay. It's to buy the property rights layer of the metaverse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you believe the thesis that we believe, which is this entire metaverse thing has to be backed by strong settlement guarantees, strong property rights, like, actual digital scarcity that's open incredibly neutral you're buying things like ETH. you're buying things like you know bitcoin you're buying the banking layer of this new economy which is DeFi. like you're buying web3 type things you're buying crypto money things you're not buying facebook and roblox my god i mean you could buy those things they're not terrible it's just like why would you allocate capital to those old things when you have this new thing that's how i see it anyway and so I, I just, it was just a, like a connection. People think, oh, the metaverse is hot and they really don't know what to buy or what to invest in in the space. And I, I think once again, the answer is, is really it's crypto. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And we don't talk about it. We haven't talked about this angle a lot lately, but Ether is one of the most fantastic indexes of what Ethereum is. And if you read our um, Metaverse Emerges article or our, our Metaverse podcast, Everything when the metaverse is built as a property rights layer, everything ultimately converges on ether. And I, th- yeah, and you finish this up with this with exactly what I was about to say. ETH is metaverse money. That's the whole thing. Yep, absolutely. That is the whole thing. And uh, I don't think traditional investors and traditional media get it yet. So that yeah. is a, an opportunity to front run. Yeah. Of course, we're still the ability to front run the metaverse now. Uh, David, do this take. Uh, it's really good from Twitter. Yeah, this was funny. The first company to call it a profile instead of a wallet will win. If you still think it's a wallet, you don't understand its capabilities. This is just lending itself to like, you know, your Ethereum address is more than just like, you know, the place that you store your money. It's your metaverse identity. It mm. is your Web3 identity layer for the world. Uh, my davidhoffman.eth connects to my specific Ethereum address. And that is, uh, you've called this before, my, my passport into the, into the digital nation, into the metaverse. Uh, so it's not, these aren't wallets. These are profiles. I love I love these small little paradigm shifts like that, right? Like wallet mm-hmm. is a really good mental model, but also profile, self-sovereign identity is a really good mm-hmm. mental model. And I think uh, that is starting to emerge in crypto as well. Hey, these things aren't just places where you can store assets. These can actually be like the ability to log in with an ETH address is, uh, mm-hmm. is a real thing. Uh, really cool to see the decentralized identity narrative, um, you know, taking form some more. David, this is your take. Why don't you say it? Yeah, Facebook's metaverse is Encyclopedia Britannica. Ethereum's metaverse is Wikipedia. And this is just basically saying, hey, Facebook is going to build their own metaverse, their own Disneyland, and they're going to invite you into it. Ethereum's metaverse is everyone's going to contribute and put their pieces of the metaverse into this larger and growing and open and free larger metaverse right uh and so this this is a just a fundamental analogy that we always use in the free and open source software world like why why did wikipedia win well it allowed anyone to write for it 
Yeah, I think it's the difference between like like the United States versus um, Disneyland, right? It's like you couldn't mm-hmm. fit the United States inside of Disneyland, could you? Yeah. But like yeah. Disneyland has to rest on something like the United States, right? right? So it's like totally. Facebook's metaverse really is going to be an app on top of this larger metaverse right. uh, mm-hmm. that, that we think It'll of. be the Disneyland version of the metaverse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. right. Um, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll still be there and people can go there. People can visit. They're just it'll not going to be gonna... in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be in our metaverse and it'll be the metaverse inside of the metaverse, exactly. the Disneyland metaverse. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's just not that complicated. It's just like yeah. Facebook is an app on the internet. It is not the internet, yeah. right? It's just that, mm-hmm. um, yep. here's a scary thought. I was thinking about this earlier this week as bullish as I am, Dave, and you know, I'm bullish, right? And you know, I'm I don't bullish. think the, the, the bear market is coming anytime soon. I think we've still got a run in us, but it is a scary thought. To me sometimes when i see all of these token thoughts probably close to 50 percent of people right now have never seen a bear market okay they don't even know what that looks like they're they right. their only experience with crypto is oh i buy the thing and the number goes up oh and it doesn't really matter what i buy because <laughs> anything i buy the number goes up mm-hmm. right and like oh Wait, jpegs go up oh, yeah okay everything goes up all right, and some things just go up faster than other things. And so, what do mm-hmm. I want to do? I want to get in the the um, assets and tokens that go up the fastest. Right? Mm-hmm. These are like little babies in crypto. Like, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm just they're so new. They're like newborn babies, and they've never seen the real shit. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. they haven't really like until you've been through a bear market and like everything gets tested, your conviction gets tested, all of your theses get tested and you've seen kind of the recovery of that the other side, you don't really know what you own. So many people like your friends and family, people you like go to Thanksgiving with, they many of them will probably own some crypto, but very few of them probably know what they own or why they own it. Right? So Mm -hmm. this is actually, a little scary to me, a little concerning because, um, you know, bear markets can come. And then what mm-hmm. happens when people don't have conviction in the things that they bought and they start right. to see a 20%, 30% decline, they're going to head for the exits. Right. So, and then it's going to make it worse, right? It's going to make it, it worse. Into a feedback loop. Yeah. I mean, that, that just struck me. I guess like at some point in time, you get a certain amount of people who buy in and they don't really know why they bought in. And then it kind of like there's a tipping point reached where like something bad could happen right i guess that's what speculative bubbles are at the end of the day absolutely you have any thoughts the, on that? yeah one of the guts that i that, that i try and listen to is like the um euphoria pain like yeah. spectrum like sometimes i'm like oh it's been a while since i felt any pain i've been feeling a lot of euphoria uh, lately like <laughs> that usually means that pain's like around the corner yeah like you don't get to be in markets and don't feel like both like you you get equal amounts of pain and equal amounts of euphoria uh and there's been a lot of euphoria lately and as you can definitely tell that in and like how many strangers there are at this nfc nyc event like a lot of these people are just here for the first time and like they've come they've been coming in when the times are good not there are very few people that have felt pain and so so does this worry you sir are you worried right now are we getting a little long in the tooth in this run (sighs) the thing is like i'm i always leave room for a new paradigm (laughs) and so like i think i think like all of the pain that the collective crypto uh, community felt during 2018 2019 like it's it's that the meme of the army man protecting the sleeping child from the from the knives and the swords and the grenades and stuff like yeah I think we t- I, uh, maybe there's a world where we took 
that pain and like, you know, shielded the 2020, the 2021ers from having to worry about that because we built all the infrastructure in the bear market. I think the other thing is once you go through a bear market, right? Like mm -hmm. you're not worried about that. You don't, you, you don't worry yeah. about the next one anymore. It's right. like, what's no, the worst no. that could happen? Right. Oh, I, I was making so many jokes this week as well. Like, oh yeah, all, all the crypto people that I met in 2019, 2018, like a lot of us are like, gosh, the bear market was nice. Like it was quiet <laughs> back then. Like it felt, it was quiet, it was really good time to make friends, yeah. good time to start mm -hmm. things, good time to build. Right. And like, if right. you didn't leave in 2018, 2019, are you going to leave in the great bear market of 2024? <laughs> no, it'll still <laughs> right? be a bull market to us. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I just, you know, it's something I'm thinking about. And um, I, again, I don't think this is imminent personally, but, uh, right. but you never know. Yeah. And uh, markets mm -hmm. can certainly turn in a hurry, um, at least in the short run. David, this is a means take, and it's actually a riff on the, the Reddit thread that we were talking on mm -hmm. for that engineer who just recently joined Reddit. What does he mean say here? Mean says, the end users of Ethereum are no longer individual humans. It's roll-up dev teams building ecosystems. Let 1,000 roll-ups bloom. Ethereum as a civilizational trust anchor. And Ethereum is specifically talking about the Ethereum L1. He's saying the end users of the Ethereum L1 are no longer individual humans. And Amin Soleimani is one of those guys that memed uh, Moloch into existence. And this angle of Ethereum as a civil civilizational trust anchor is so great. And so Reddit, when it uses Arbitrum to scale all of its stuff, it, it all of the world, all, the entire universe of Reddit comes and settles on Ethereum. And that is why Ethereum is a civilizational trust anchor because it's not just Reddit. It's going to be everything is on a roll-up, settled by Ethereum, secured by Ethereum, allowing coordination to happen. So great take. Yeah, I really like that take. And also let a thousand roll-ups bloom, right? Any mm -hmm. like a roll-up can be whatever you want it to be. And this is Reddit, you know, cre creating its own roll-up. Um, super cool. Mm -hmm. I have actually a question for you, David. This is just something I've been thinking about recently. So let's assume as we are that the main chain is completely occupied by rollups in the future, right? So like mm -hmm. large pools of capital that are settling on Ethereum. That means gas fees are not going down on Ethereum mainnet anytime soon. Transaction fees on rollups will go down in the future, but gas fees on mainnet will not. Does this mean there could be a lot of NFTs like stranded on Ethereum? in the future, right? Like, and I say like tokens too, but NFTs specifically, because some of these are pretty, like some of them can be very low value and they cost mm -hmm. more to, to trade. Has there been any mm -hmm. talk, uh, at, uh, uh NFT NYC, that sort of thing? No, no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, th thought about that, but that, that is a good point. I do believe that L1 gas fees are up only. Uh, and so like, damn, like NFTs might, a lot of cool stuff might get stranded on the L1 simply because it's just not viable to get it off there. I'm gonna, it's something I'm going to think about some more, but, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Also when, uh, Amin Soleimani says let a thousand rollups bloom, that should be in stark contrast to, um, uh, what Kyle Soleimani was talking about. And with when Eric Walt retweeted him and talking about like, oh yeah, if you add more lanes to a road, the road just gets congested. The way you add more lanes is you add more roll-ups because they're separate roads. More roads? Anyways. More roads yeah, rather than put, one more, super big make, road? Make more roads on the L2. That's what the L2s do. That's where the extra roads go. Roads and bridges and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Scott Lewis' take. Ethereum isn't going to be a consumer-facing blockchain for all that much longer. That's what he means. Mm -hmm. On the main chain, right? Specifically. Mm -hmm. So I was asking yeah. that question about NFTs on main chain. And Will it's they get always been... It's always been Ethereum's plan to be in the background. It's not supposed to be in your face. It's supposed to be invisible, just like TCPIP. Uh, and if Ethereum hides behind these rollups, 
That's perfect. That's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. You, you don't even know. Like it's DYDX. I mean, this exists in practice. Don't you don't even know, know you're using don't Ethereum. Uh, David, you, you did this take. This is uh, from NFT NYC again. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody tweets out, the pro of being a woman at an NFT event is that there are no bathroom lines ever. And so Mike Dudas, uh, who I actually met this week, great to meet you, Mike. Uh, he goes, crypto, bringing equality to bathroom line waits. I experienced this for myself. I had to wait behind like seven other dudes to go to the bathroom while like the ladies room had no one in there. That's funny. Maybe another push for just like unisex, gender neutral bathrooms. Edge, right? It's like this even things out anyway. Um, okay. David, mm-hmm. before we get to uh, what what you're excited about, actually, we're we're about to get to what you're excited about. So let me just ask you, what are you excited about this week? Uh, yeah, tell me. Well, I've teased it throughout all of this roll up, but <laughs> NFT NYC was great. I met Cami Russo there, met her in person, so I thought that was funny. It's nice in crypto where like, you know, you know, defiant bankless, like we're not we're not the same, we're not different. But yeah, friend some friendly competition there. Like she's got a great newsletter, we've got a great newsletter, she's got a great podcast, we've got a great podcast. But in crypto, like it's all love. It's all love. So got to got to meet uh Cami Russo, that was fantastic. Like I said, met Brian Armstrong. Met, got to uh, shout out to the Pleaser Dow family, which we call ourselves a Dow but we're really a family uh even though i'm like the least active member of the town <laughs> and but like you know hanging out listening to the wu-tang album it's like i keep on chilling in real life events maybe ryan will come to one maybe one day, one day. Maybe. definitely next year but, uh, okay <laughs> the, the, the culture and vibes are, are really really great uh and again if you you got to find your your clan you got to find find your community find your people um there, there's there's uh, somebody, the first ever crypto event I ever went to uh, was ETH Denver 2018. I met two people there from the Brave team, uh, Luke and Jenny. I met, saw saw Jenny for the first time in four years uh, the, this this uh, year here in New York. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, like again, uh, the, the crypto world, the longer you're here, the more it feels like family. So it's it's really cool too. It's a bunch of people mm-hmm. shared values as well. And I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cammy probably recognized you unlike Brian Armstrong, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> 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 but I see, I see your uh, AIM username, uh, AOL mm-hmm. username there, Blackjack uh, Davy. So Blackjack I understand. Davey, like, yeah. yeah, it's a totally uh, different shout, shout out to Jack White and the Blackjack Davy song that <laughs> I named myself after. That's awesome, man. Ryan, I think I just got a tease about yeah, what you're excited about. I'm, so, I'm so flipping tell me tabs it. too quickly, but you know this, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Bankless DAO, the DAO Punk kind of um, project that spun out of Bankless DAO had mm-hmm. an NFT drop, and that happened last Friday. It was awesome, dude. It was just really mm-hmm. fun. I uh, yeah, I mean, you know me, look, I'm into turtles. Okay. Like, but I haven't jumped two feet mm-hmm. into the whole NFT game. So this mm-hmm. was the first time I got to experience a whole NFT minting from mm-hmm. the ground up. And what was cool about this was like, um, this really started with the community first. So mm-hmm. there was a culture and community, uh, for Dow punks. And in what is that culture in the community? It's like a bunch of people who want to say, F the nine to five, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we want to self-organize in these new um, capital structures and social structures and and work for DAOs full time, right? This is about going bankless, which of course we, we are fully into bankless culture and saying like no to the establishment. This is about going West. And so a lot of this culture and these values were really imbued in these, uh, in these DAO punks. Uh, and uh, so uh, I minted some NFTs and then I purchased a, a few NFTs um, like on the on the secondary market. And again, I don't do this a lot. So it's just really fun, man. And I love the NFTs. All of these are going to be uh, actual uh, physical merchandise too. So this mm-hmm. is a bridge of the real world. And what I saw in the community was 
you know, not a lot of shilling, not a lot of like, what's the floor price checking, not a lot of like, it was just a very um, long-term kind of thinking, new vibe, new culture, right? Very sustainable culture. Sustainable culture. And you talked a lot about like, what's a DAO? It's all about like flow. It's all about like the vibes of the DAO. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I felt that in a, in a, in a cool way. And, you know, tying that to NFTs is cool. So what do you think of my collection here? Not too bad, right? Oh, I, Oh, I love it, Ryan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to pull up mine right now, but I don't think I'll be able to do it in time. Uh, I was trying to. Oh, uh, wow, you you've got some good ones. Wait, some good ones. Okay, so I, awesome. I minted these two. Look, I minted uh-huh. this one and that one, right? Which are uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. They're great. Yeah. But like, I really wanted a. Um, I wanted one of these either a crypto natives or a shadowy mm-hmm. supercoder, and I wanted one specifically mm-hmm. with like a, a bankless bankless box. Bankless box. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I I found somebody in the Dow channel who's willing to like just you know, sell me one mm-hmm. that wasn't mm-hmm. posted in the market. So I did that. And then I also bought this, which That's is a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's rare. It's um, got this interesting skin. Uh, it's a creative number 35. Anyway, it's really fun. I know you had a lot of fun too. So do you have yours? Can I pull yours up? Yeah. I just sent you my, my NFT address in the chat. So if you want to put, paste that in, into OpenSea, it'll take you there. Cause I, I also like mine. Uh, <laughs> one of the cool things and cool things, like, like you said, in the discord Can felt very sustainable. It felt really great. Oh, yep. there it is. Trust the state. There okay. Yeah. Uh, and then like, uh, the thing is like, I made a joke in the discord, like these Dow punks are going to simultaneously be with zero and also infinity Yeah. because no one wants to oh, sell. I, oh, someone sold me one. Oh, I got a new one. Oh, the, the, Which one? the, the, the oh, bottom these one. Ones? Bottom one. Yeah. The PJs? Yeah. Ultrasound summer. Oh, yeah. dude, these, there look, go. these cool. are PJs. This is ultrasound summer. Yeah. That's a good one, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. That was another um, one on top of my list, but yeah. Tell me about it. Which ones did you mint? Uh, I minted the left, the top left two, the ones with the orange backgrounds. Yeah, and then the the other three that that I bought. Um, I I offered a guy three point five ETH and Oof. a trade on one of the crypto punk or crypt, uh, DAO punks that I already had, and he was like, "No, man, like." I, I, it would be really nice to to have that ETH, but uh, it just it meant it was too 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 sentimental value. Like and the, the, I, I I had this conversation like three times. Like uh, another person's like, no, like I I that that's a nice offer, but like I want to give it to my wife. Uh, and so like no one's selling me the the Dow punks that I want. I know. Right? <laughs> I have a list cool. of a few others that I'd love to get, but I'm just not seeing mm-hmm. them on the on the secondary market, and offers aren't going through. This is uh, this right. is probably mm-hmm. my favorite in your collection yeah. here. The, that's my that's my bankless ninja. I yeah. call that my V for Vendetta Dow Punk because <laughs> he looks like he's about to hack a bank. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. This one looks good too. That looks like that a one, pretty that neat one. super cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. look, I'm, I guess I'm down the NFT rabbit hole now. Like yep. you know, mm-hmm. I guess Turtles was kind of my my first experience with the Dow Punks. You know. Mm-hmm. I got some like a few other things, but um, yeah, I'm glad, it's been really I'm glad fun. the turtles are in the rear view mirror, Ryan. <laughs> hey, I haven't way. sold a turtle. I will look. It's, <laughs> turtles will, will come back, okay, David. But you know, okay. got to give it a rest after dressing like yeah. a turtle last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, I man. hope listeners are ready for the meme of the week. Let's finish this thing out. Meme of the week. What is this from Nifty Nod, David? <laughs> Yeah, he he says, can't see it any, can't unsee it anymore. And we have Netflix, Google, Meta, Instagram. (laughs) And if you are looking at this, it very clearly spells out NGMI, as in not gonna make it. Now, I think Netflix might have got some uh, collateral damage here. I don't have any problems with Netflix. Uh, I mean, it was an N. We needed an N, okay? We we needed an N, but yeah. (laughs) All all these Web2 companies, not gonna make it. I'm just not gonna make it. That's awesome. Definitely the meme Mm -hmm. of the week. I think maybe the meme of uh, the next era, the next decade, we'll have to see what happens. Um, Of course, guys. 
None of this has been financial advice. ETH is risky. DeFi is risky. You could lose what you put in. All of crypto is risky, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but thanks for joining us on the Bankless journey. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.